0: And when we hear the voices of women When we listen to real lives of women from other countries We connect our cultures without differences or stereotypes And we get inspired by their stories to live a better life That's what this podcast is all about My guest today is Anna Kostenko Anna is a Ukrainian girl from Kiev in Ukraine, and a student at both the Institute of International Relations, Taras Shevchenko National University of Kyiv, and at University of Zurich. Anna loves doing makeup and drawing. It really helps her to calm down and deal with stress. She is also currently learning digital art. Not yet as a professional artist, she is just self-taught. Anna enjoys drawing different cartoon characters. Moreover, she is totally into theater, especially musicals. She thinks there is something really special about seeing the actors perform live on stage. She has previously worked as a volunteer at theaters and theatrical events. As for achievements, Anna has always been one of the top students both at school and at university. At school, she participated in lots of academic competitions and received awards for that. While in high school, she was selected for FLEX 2017-2018 and got a chance to study for a year at an American high school. She spent her time in Minnesota and absolutely loved it. The time there taught her a lot about herself and who she wants to be as a person. Anna is currently finishing her bachelor in Ukraine at the Kiev National University. She studies regional studies and international relations with special focus on Asian countries. She is also currently enrolled as a visiting student at the University of Zurich and planning to do her master there in modern Asian and Middle Eastern studies anna how are you today
1: great Uh, thank you for having me here how are you
0: i feel blessed i feel very positive and excited about the adventure we call life and very curious about you as a person so i'll begin with this nice first question anna if your friends and the people who know you very well could describe your personality what would they say about you
1: i believe they would say that I'm quite a cheerful and optimistic person. I usually try to see the good in the world and in people themselves. I try to be really kind and open to people. But sometimes behind this whole cheerfulness uh, hides this real straightforwardness. So uh, sometimes I might say quite harsh things or like answer really honestly about the questions in the moments people would not expect. So my friends kind of learned to live with that, knowing that I was not trying to be mean to them and that I love them. It's just um, me expressing my own opinion. And uh, yeah, I have yet to learn how to do that in the most perfect and the most kind way. But, I don't know, I think something like that.
0: (laughs) Thank you. That's a surprising answer because it's very unexpected from a student related to diplomacy (laughs) to not be diplomatic (laughs) in that way. Thank you. You said you're cheerful and optimistic. I'm curious about that because I know the natural tendency of the human brain is to be negative. So how did you cultivate, develop uh, the optimism? What makes you believe that things are always okay? Is it a spiritual faith? Is it uh, you working on yourself because you were depressed at some point? Or how uh, did you achieve this state of mind?
1: So I think it it has really nothing to do with faith or spirituality. It's the way I was brought up. My mom, she has a really optimistic thinking, and she's like a real-life optimist. She sees the best in the world all the time, and I kind of was always inspired by her. And of course, as like a young person and as a teenager, you deal with a lot of stress, with a lot of challenges and problems, and... You, like, have to keep going and find the good somehow. And, like, my mom always taught me that everything will turn up as it's supposed to be and everything leads to the good things. And, you know what, I've experienced that in my life. And I believe that with some positive energy, you know, you attract positive things and positive people around you, and that makes you happy.
0: Thank you. I agree 100%. And it seems to me that relationships and human connection are very important for you. So I will ask, how was February 24th for you? Because it caused you in many ways to be away from your friends, the people you know somehow, and to lose some of those connections. Did you believe it? that the invasion was happening? Did you not believe it? What did you think? How were your emotions? And how did you change as a girl from that moment till today?
1: So, like, February 24th started with me, like, waking up somehow around 7 a.m. I didn't hear all the explosions. I just received a call from, unexpectedly, my boyfriend's mom stating that the invasion has started. And I, like... I couldn't wrap my mind around that, like, I literally did not believe that would happen, like, before, you know, there were talks about, like, the war starting, I thought that was just, like, some kind of propaganda and, like, things like that, I never thought that they would really dare to invade our country, that was, like, really unexpected, so at first I was, like, shook, and then I started reading the news, ran to my parents, and I was just like, what? So did the war really start? And uh, my dad was like, you have to get ready. And then, um, so like first two days we spent in Kiev, and then like there was like 25th was uh, when Russians almost got into Kyiv. And so my dad's decision was to leave uh, the city. And uh, then we fled to like Western Ukraine and we spent there like next two months I think and that's when I started um yeah thinking about going abroad and like doing a semester abroad we didn't expect then that it would take that long and we'll have to like actually stay abroad for a long time we thought that would like be three months or something and we'll come back and um as for the human connections Uh, All of my friends, like, except for my boyfriend, um, stayed uh, in Ukraine, and they are all in Kiev. And uh, I am really stressed about the fact that I'm not with them, because I'm, like, the person for having a few close friends around me, but, like, I really cherish the connections uh, with these people. And like, I really love spending time with them. And we were planning actually like on the weekend of the 26th, 27th of February, like our usual gathering. And that hit me really hard that we never have been able to come together since then. And um, I, I've seen them. I've came back uh, to Ukraine for like uh, a week and I have seen my friends, but I still, I still really miss them. And like, I'm really glad they're doing okay and they're living their lives. But like, I wish I could be there living with them, not like abroad.
0: I understand 100% and all I can say is Slava Ukraini. Slava. Thank you. And how was adapting to Zurich how was adapting to Switzerland especially that the culture is different from Ukraine and you didn't like it wasn't your big dream you didn't prepare for it so that adaptation to a new culture how do you take care of your health of your mental health physical health and keep yourself okay in Switzerland?
1: So I'm I had the experience of adapting to a new culture while being in the United States. And that taught me some lessons about like acceptance and tolerance towards how people are and that they are and could be different from what the Ukrainians are and how we see the world. So I didn't have that many problems with adapting to Switzerland as I already knew how it is done. But... Um, Switzerland is quite a special country, you know, even in inside of Europe. They have a special culture there. They're not a part of the European Union. They're open but not too open. They are Western but not to, uh pro-Western, right, they are trying to be more neutral, so it's quite a difficult thing dealing here with that politically, you know, as a Ukrainian, you expect people to be supportive, you want, like, the Western countries to be united front against Russia, and Swiss people are usually more like, you know, back from it. They're like, we cherish our neutrality. We do not want to get involved too much. Of course, we do support Ukraine, but we will not do it in huge amounts as the USA and the EU does. And, you know, it's, and as a student here of a political science, it's quite, like, a journey to get adapted and not to get furious about, like, the position of these people as you wish them to be more harsh towards Russia and towards all the situation. But um, somehow, uh, I feel like I did really have problems with mental health here, more because, as you said, it was never my dream to go abroad. Like after the the U.S. experience, I love the U.S. Don't do not understand me wrong. I love the U.S. But like I realized, I want to spend my life in Ukraine, and I was planning my whole life in Ukraine, in Kiev. Like I knew it was my dream to live in my country, and then like the moment of having to leave the country where I did not really wish for it. I did not wish even for like. A semester abroad like Erasmus program or whatever I was not planning on doing it it was just like the necessity to do that as I wanted a good education and somehow like I I had trouble with that now I think I've come to peace with that because like it's my goal right to get a good education to be useful to the world to help people to have my own place, to not be a burden for anyone, whatever. So, and University of Zurich has been so kind to offer like the opportunity to further my education and to further my knowledge of like the Asian countries and political science and international relations. And um, I think it's a great opportunity and I just do not want to miss it because uh, it's just great.
0: I'm so happy for you, and I'm happy all about that. And to know you also from other sides, you love makeup. That's one of the things you're interested in. Why is it interesting for you? Is it an emotion that it gives you? Is it a freedom? Is it creativity? Like when you create or put on different makeups, is it like a meditation where the process makes you totally relax or... Can you describe your relationship and love and interest in makeup?
1: Yeah, so it does really help me, you know, to get ready for my day, to keep my emotions together, to put my feelings together, to get ready for how I want to feel during that day. I do not feel the necessity to wear makeup, you know, because I do not think I'm beautiful without it. I do believe I can go out without makeup and I feel absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. I just love spending time on, like, creating my face. I really enjoy, like, accentuating some features, thinking how I could look differently if I wish to, but I do not want to, like, change my face really but i wish to see how how different colors work with my face how different styles work with my face how unusual it could get and how interesting i could look and you know it's it's sometimes about like turning heads right because you're going out and you're coming to university with like something really unusual and bright and people are like what wow do you think you could do that And, um, I think it's really interesting just to express yourself with makeup, but, and at the same time, it really helps me to calm down and to, I, I love the process of like creating something on my face or someone else's face. I love the process of creation as itself. I think it really helps me concentrate and, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's something really special to be able to do that. And I'm always like self-taught. I never did any courses. I just like look at things and I like to explore myself. I don't want to be taught. I want to explore it myself, how I see it. If it's wrong or right, I want to make my own mistakes and figure it out what works for me personally.
0: I love that attitude. I really encourage it. I had another question but then I have two. So I'll tell them and I hope it's not really like uh, too much or too overwhelming. The first is how do you express your creativity and ability to create in regional studies and asian studies because some people might think, well, you're, how is that creative? That's one. But secondarily, a lot of women are not comfortable with making mistakes, and they stay in their comfort zone because they worry, oh, if I make a mistake, I'm a bad person, and my parents will hate me, my, everybody will think I'm bad. So what is your advice for them so that they enjoy the process of making mistakes as part of the journey? So the two things, how do you express your creativity in your studies and uh, in your education? And second, advice for women about being comfortable making mistakes.
1: Okay, so I do agree that at some point, uh, regional studies is not something too creative. You literally have to look at the world and analyze how it works, right? How the powers work, how the politics works, how the society works and how it all connects. And there is nothing too creative about that. But like I use creativity in my studies as, for example, as I said, for concentration instead of writing notes, For my classes, I usually would sit and listen to what the teacher or the professor is saying. And at the same time, I would concentrate my energy on drawing something, on like doodling something, uh, creating some characters or whatever. And that helps me listen to what and like listen to what my professor is saying and to understand what they're saying. And at the same time, concentrate my energy on something I enjoy And another thing how I do that, you know, in the process of studying, you do have to do presentations. And I absolutely love presentations. I would spend like hours and hours doing my PowerPoint presentations, learning how to, the tools to make them more beautiful, more creative, and at the same time professional. And I really enjoy this too, although it like takes me way too much time in comparison to my group mates. But I think I enjoy looking at my presentation and be like, hey, I think it looks uh, good enough and professional enough. And I think it draws attention to the right points and it accentuates what I'm telling. Cause like, I love performing and telling people about my passions, about things that I love. So I think this is something I could use in my studies as like some creative parts I could use in my studies. And then as for your second question about like the mistakes and the advice, I think the first thing uh, anyone could do to feel okay with making mistakes is accept who they are and how they are. It's about accepting yourself, about accepting your faults, your faulty features. Uh, some imperfections that you have and not try to you know jump over your head to be the most perfect and to create the most perfect image. you know like I all I knew I know I haven't always been a good friend to the people I love. but I I try to I'm not I'm sorry about that and I'm not blaming myself for that. I just did not see that then. And what I can do is just to make it better in the future. And the same with any mistake. Any mistake is worth making just to improve yourself in the future. But you just have to accept the fact that you are allowed to be not perfect, right?
0: I agree 100%. Thank you, Anna, for this wise answer. And I'm also curious more about you. You said before the invasion you had a plan for your life to live in kiev to have your whole future there what was the plan if you can share it and how did it change now after the invasion and the whole situation becoming more chaotic so how did you adapt it what is your vision and the way that you think
1: Okay. Um, well, so I was definitely planning to do my master's and do my master's like in regional studies, just follow my home university and uh, continue with regional studies with the special focus on Asian studies. And um, yeah, that was basically my plan. I I never thought about like a real job that I wish to have. I knew I would not work in diplomacy or anything connected with politics. I just uh, think it's It's too harsh. I do not want to get involved with those power struggles with corruption and, like, these things. I just want to keep myself, you know, more clean of it, more, uh, more like, private sphere, more helping people than, like, uh, involved into real politics of the world. I just thought, like, uh, when I chose my path, I just thought about something that would be interesting for me personally to study. And... Um, that was regional studies. I thought I will learn something about the world and how the world works. And then I'll figure it out for myself. I still do not have, like, the perfect idea of who exactly I'm going to be. I might be, like, an analyst uh, researcher of the Asian region. I might be a person working for, like, some private company wishing to work with Asian customers, right, as I learn more about their culture so I could better communicate with them or i could be i'd love to be a translator for like uh, languages i'm i'm think i'm studying now chinese but i'm thinking for my masters of studying also japanese and so that could give me an opportunity to be a translator for like ukrainian companies that wish to work in the asian market right and wish to explore that region and i could help with that i was I was also kind of thinking about doing theater and like international relations and theater, like helping Ukrainian theaters, explore like the different markets of the world like expand uh take their performances abroad so like I have a lot of different interests I'm not really sure yet where exactly I will put them but I'm definitely sure that after I finish my master's in Zurich and hopefully the war would come to an end then and I'll come back to Kiev and figure it out like how I could be helpful to my country and my people without being directly involved into politics.
0: Thank you for that answer, and I notice you're mentioning theatre again and again, I know it's a big love for you and you feel that when there are performance of performers on the stage live, it's magical. What is that for you? Are you an empath and you can feel the energy of the actors? Is it you love the attention? And that's why you said when you're turning heads with makeup, it's a similar feeling to have the attention of the whole room when you're an actress in a theater play. Or how is and what is the loveliest, most interesting thing for you about theater?
1: I think the most wonderful thing about theater is like this connection between the audience and the actor this is something you never get in the movies right because in the movies you come and watch people pre-recorded with like some special effects but there is some special bond that the actors create with their audience and you know the most wonderful thing is Even if you get to see the same play or musical twice, it will never, ever be the same. If you rewatch a movie, the movie will always stay the same unless you get like director's cuts to the movie, right? But if you go to see a live performance at any moment, can something happen on stage and the actors will have to improvise and some interaction with the audience that will change that plot a little bit, some character will create some new line, some, I don't know, some stumble on the stage will create some new scene that has never been in the previous moments. And yeah, I think I, I just love performing as, as a person. I think I'm quite expressive And I love making, like, this bond with people in this way. So I feel quite comfortable on stage. I will not say I'm a great actress. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm learning a little bit. But I think theater gives us something really special. And people uh, tend, like, modern teenagers and young people tend not to appreciate it. As it's not covered with so many beautiful, special effects as the movies do, but uh, there is something intimate about theater that doesn't exist anywhere else.
0: Thank you. You mentioned the importance of connection, and you spoke before about how you prefer to have a few deep friends rather than many. What is the meaning of connection for you? How does it develop, and how do you experience it? Imagine those teenage or younger generations who are only interested in movies and maybe they don't have friends in real life, it's all through Instagram and social media. So how can you communicate to them? How do you experience that connection? Why is it so beautiful? And how does it develop, like your thoughts about it as if you're defining it from the dictionary of Anna?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, people are by their nature social right and we seek human connections i think uh, if you have people around you who care about you it really helps you develop it pushes you to go further as these people are supportive of you you can always share your achievements with them and they'll be like hey i know you're great and you can keep doing that and this is something really important at least for me to keep going because you feel appreciated, you feel that people care about you, you can always share your emotions with them, your feelings, your trouble with them. Uh, I think it's really important that you build trust with people. You can never ever trust a person online, right? you never really know them. It takes years and years of human connection, of real life interactions, to actually get to know the person. And like every person is their own whole universe. And we're always changing. We're always changing, constantly changing. And uh, that human connection helps you to see who people around you are, helps you to develop yourself, helps to, you to create yourself helps you to see the world as a better place, because you start believing in the good of people as people around you actually care. They are not just strangers replying to your texts, or even strangers that you text and tell about your experiences, and they're like, like. They are people who actually respond, and this is something you will never get in the chat or Instagram, except that like even chat and Instagram, you can read the same sentence with two different emotions, right? And if you're actually talking to the real people, this is when you can really see their true emotions, not your own interpretation of their emotions, but how they really said it, not how they texted it and you read it. Because at the same sentence, you can read aggressively or really kindly, right?
0: I agree 100%. And I want to know more. Thank you so much. You have a lot of thoughts and wisdom and interest. There are many Ukrainian women, girls, whatever, from all over Ukraine who are abroad in Canada, in the UK, in Portugal, in Spain, in Switzerland, and all that. And the longer this war and invasion continues the more they will start their life they have a new job their education Uh, and i ask some of them and they say well ukraine needs uh, warriors and builders it doesn't need really like all other things within it what is your perspective on this do you believe that many many of the ukrainians who are starting lives abroad would return to ukraine to help rebuild it or because they already started a new life they will of course support by donating etc but it will be like a whole generation of ukrainians who will be missing from ukraine when it's time to rebuild what are your perspectives and um, ideas about this
1: so i think a lot of ukrainians do want to go back but you're right the longer the war goes the more are the chances that we will start building our own lives here. You know, like if it takes two years to finish masters and then you come back to Ukraine, it's fine, right? But once you get a job here, once you start renting the apartment, uh, building your life, you know, this is some some much more difficult decision you have to make to actually go back. You have to have like the will and like the goal, the aim to, to fulfill in Ukraine, right? You have to come back to something, to some kind of life that you're planning on doing. So I will never blame the people who would wish to stay uh, in Europe abroad if they have built their own lives right there, because it's, it's something... Uh, About humans also, it's something that we're really conservative, at least I am, about like where I live. I grew up in Kiev and I'm really attached to Kiev and I want to build my life in Kiev. But at the same time, if I start building my life somewhere else, I also will get attached to this place and maybe Kiev will feel a little more foreign already because i have my new friends here i have my new family here i could have my boyfriend or husband there right and this is something you don't just leave you know and um I, as a person, I know I want to come back to Ukraine and I want to help Ukraine rebuild. And I wish a lot of young people who got education abroad would do the same as we will need a lot of people with good education, with good ideas, who have seen the faults and the goods about like the European democracy to help us build Ukraine the right way. What Ukraine can offer to European countries and what European countries can offer to Ukraine, right? And this is something really important that young people, our generation, comes back and helps to rebuild. But I will never blame the people who would wish to stay. It's their choice, it's their lives, and I could understand the decision to stay.
0: Thank you so much, Anna. It was honestly my privilege and my honor to include you in this project, in this podcast, to share about your life, your wise perspective. I wish victory for Ukraine. I wish peace and thriving and progress for all Ukrainians. And I wish you to be able to return and be with your friends and hug them in Kiev and celebrate together. Thank you again for participating.
1: Thank you so much for including me. It was a wonderful experience. And I also learned something about myself today, now with you. So thank you for wonderful questions and for wonderful interactions. I really appreciate it being here.
0: You are welcome.